This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, here with my guy Spencer. And Spencer, officially coronated Manchester City, the prize you cared the least about this whole season. You've done it. You've won the Premier League, something the rest of us have aspiring dreams to even compete in. You've won it a very boring third time in a row. Do you guys even care? Did like did they go out that night, maybe? Do you think? Like... What's what's your official like? What do you do the third time you win something? First time it's a huge party. Second time back to back. Third time you think it's just like quiet movie night. Like you guys want to get together? We'll do some like you know appetizers and kind of just tuck in early. We've done you this play, before. Play some Jenga, like a nice little warm up game against Chelsea the next day after they clinched the title. So well, like the whole first team was on the bench. So I think that they maybe did go out and they were just like, yeah, just let like Cole Palmer and Rico Lewis just let the eighteen year olds who. Oh, I guess in the UK they are old enough that's, to drink. Just let those guys eat against Chelsea. <laughs> even 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 then, that's crazy because Chelsea's entire team should be bitch. So that's kind of fun too. Um, but enough about that. They are a horrible travesty of a team. But Manchester City getting it done. Pep pretty positive afterwards, as you would expect him to be. But um, yeah, I, I would say. My, I guess my first question to you is: if this is all they win this season. Right, which is a huge accomplishment. Where do you put this on the like was this a successful season track? Um I think it's a tough question, right? Like I, I think that if you put it like in a vacuum, which like we always say these things aren't in a vacuum, but just winning the league for city would not be a successful season by their standards. Mm. Um I think even if they came second and won the champions league just because the expectation is for them to win in Europe. That would probably suffice to be a good season. Um, mm -hmm. This is tough, right? This, this comes off. So silver spoon, which I've already acknowledged, you know, silver spoon. Yeah. There, so I, I didn't paint you into the corner of there's no right. way to not sound like that, but right. It's kind of but like, so like I have though, to be fair this week, gone back and forth of being like you have weird feelings i know there's people just probably punching their steering wheel listening to this and being like you won the fucking <laughs> league dude like and you don't care i do care and like i'm very happy they won the league i was very excited um especially in the fashion they did with me you know as of a few months ago kind of saying i don't think they're going to get this league so for them to come from behind and chase down arsenal with a couple games in hand even very excited for them to win the league it's always fun i'm always happy to do it but mm -hmm. yeah I, I think this has always kind of been a you know win the champions league and whatever else is kind of bone like if you win the champions league that's been their main objective i think for a couple of years now right and that's why not just myself and city fans like i think most city fans true fans are very very happy to have won the league but most people on the outside looking in are like yeah, win Europe and then we'll talk, right? Because 
you guys are obviously built for the marathon of an entire season. You've shown that you are perfectly engineered to go over a 38 game stretch and win the title. They've done it three straight years, five of the last six now, which is mm-hmm. remarkable in its own right. But great. Yeah. They have they haven't necessarily been built for the sprint of a Champions League, at least. And I mean, that's I think even that's tough, right? Like I, if they win in a couple of weeks um in Istanbul. I think the narrative changes a lot, right? Where we look at it and we say, well, this team's been in the semifinal the last three years in a row. They've been in two of the last three finals. You start to look at it if they win one of them and being like, okay, this team has been actually really, really good in Europe as a matter of fact. But they have to get that one out of the way to kind of plant their stake in, in that conversation. But I guess in a long-winded way of answering your question, um, Definitely happy, but I don't think this league by itself constitutes the main goal for this team. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Europe is yeah, kind it, of it's the, the modern PSG approach that you right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's unfair <laughs> almost from the outside <laughs> looking in because the, the Premier League is a remarkably tough league, right? And we're going to talk more about some of the other teams in this league and stuff later on, like near the bottom because um, the relegation race is crazy. But like you look at the quality of these teams and like, not to spoil anything, but like a teams like Nottingham Forest and Southampton and Everton, maybe not so much Everton because they're financial problems, but like Bournemouth teams like this at the bottom are spending records amount of monies for like spending more than teams just to stay top, up. Right. Spending more than teams at the top of La Liga that are like aren't named Real Madrid and Barcelona or the top of Italy that aren't like juventus and the milan teams and napoli like they're spending more money than teams that are going to be in europe next year the teams at the bottom of the premier league so this league is so good right it's so hard to win this league and i don't i don't want that to get lost in this whole thing this is a remarkable accomplishment in this era running down arsenal right we talked about last week you run down arsenal holland's been incredible right everything pep has done this year is absolutely turned to gold even like completely overcoming like Cancelo, one of your most weirdly talented players, just completely voting himself off the island. Right. At two, oh, excuse me, two giant clubs. Nothing, not even a blip. You guys have, you guys have been better since he left. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's been a somewhat trying season for the team, right? They've kind of had to work through a few different things. Um Pep kind of, I know Holland's been bagging goals since day one, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting here and there was that narrative out there of like, is this team worse with Holland in the team because they don't play the same way like they could before. And to answer that question. No. Yeah. Right. No, They're better. Well, we thought it was a silly (laughs) argument at the time, right? Like we, I think we we documented silly argument, but still like that narrative was out there and they worked through that. And they, like, I was on here you know, hand up, man, the arena. I was on here saying, stop this stupid, like right back playing CDM type of thing. John Stones went in there and said, no, no, we're not going to stop this. We're going to keep <laughs> doing this all the way to a potential treble. So City have worked through some things. Like yeah. you said, the Cancelo thing, that's um, obviously the, I guess, elephant in the room of the financial charges against them. Um, I won't just ignore that, I guess, just to comment on that, like, I've heard many pundits and stuff bring this up this week. There's no news on it. There's nothing to say on it other than like, we don't know anything new. Everything's quiet on all fronts. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Right. But it, nonetheless, to me, it's something that could have mentally 
gotten to this team and they worked through that. So that's full credit to the players and the manager. I think that's another obstacle they've kind of overcome throughout the season. So it wasn't the easiest season. Like they've chased down Arsenal. They had dealt with all the, that adversity and it's one of their more impressive titles. I think in this era of Man City dominance, I, I put this title up there as one of the more impressive ones that they've run sure. down in the end. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think maybe the only other thing I can think of that like I haven't really heard of or heard of being brought up as a um, kind of tag against City there is you guys were remarkably healthy this year, right? Mm-hmm. I know you had some problems at center back, but I mean, I think every team would swap places with you as far as health, right? You had Holland the whole year, you had KDB the whole year, Silva the whole year, Foden languishing on the bench, but not causing a problem. Grealish, fine with it. Mar- you know what I mean? Like you had your whole arsenal of weapons, right, all year. And, you know, I th- we kind of talked about it, like the uh, Saliba injury to Arsenal, right? Like you guys largely avoided that. You had injury problems, but you guys also have the accumulated depth of a couple of years, right, of making these big long runs. Um, I would like ha- like to know how you think they're different than PSG right now, just because I do need to take you down just a little bit um, because you're having so much success. So what's the difference between you guys and PSG? This Farmers League, you roll over every year, right? Spending billions of dollars with oil money. It's the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing I take issue, right? Because I know there there is that narrative out there of like PS, like this is getting kind of PSG kind of Bayern-y in the Premier League. And I understand that, that it's probably frustrating as a non-City fan to look at it and see the same team. My argument would be, well, yeah, that- you guys are the only one spending money. Puts his head down, covers his <laughs> eyes. You guys are the only one spending money bringing players. Right. No, I don't think that's a valid criticism, and right. um, I do want to get to the other stuff, but that's very that's just the only thing I could have to possibly bring you down, which I had to bring up. Right, and I think what you just said is kind of the crux of what makes the prem different than those leagues is that, as I was kind of saying a minute ago, these teams at the bottom are spending, you know, not City or Chelsea money, but every team in this league it's probably the deepest talent wise the league's ever been you'd have to think right because there's guys mm-hmm. like like for fuck's sake man Kaylor navas is at nottingham forest like could you imagine that like five right. years ago like I and know they, and they, and they now, have on. and they have dean henderson at forest right right like for forest has two goalies that are one has been world-class for the last 15 years and one might be headed to like start for England, you know, like in his future, right. It's kind of on that trajectory. And that's a team scrapping to keep up and they bought both of those players. Right. Right. They're not just lucky with two incredible homegrown guys, right. That happens every now and again. No, they flex the cash, Nottingham forest, Chelsea, all these little small teams just have a lot of money to spend. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's great getting to, I guess actually maybe the team to talk about here when you talk about like teams with money to spend, but Newcastle locks up champions league football and man United have joined them today after absolutely clobbering a hapless Chelsea team, um, which relegates Liverpool and Brighton to Europa league. Initial thoughts on the very quick rise of Newcastle and cementing their great season. My initial thought is that the rest of the league better is particularly the top six, like red alert, like battle stations. Cause 
It's a top seven now. <laughs> it's a top seven. It's not a top six anymore. It's it's the big seven. It's not the big six, big seven, because Newcastle has arrived. They haven't even spent to the capabilities of what we think they can, right? They've bought in. No, some... they, they've been they've been restrained so far. They're like, right. we can get Chris Wood and Dan Byrne and Kieran Trippier. It's like, okay, right. is that all you guys want to do? And Alexander Isak, but that's that's kind of crazy. And right. then you see their Trummer transfer list. It's like, I don't know, they might go get Neymar. And like, oh, like I saw that, all that stuff tweeted yesterday. Like their wish list is just like anybody trying to play like, you know, FIFA, right? It's just like anybody's save year two on a FIFA thing, right? It's like, yeah, I went and got all the good players. It's crazy. Yeah, I think there's just this narrative out there, right? Of I, I've just heard so many people go at it and be like, they just spent all this money and got really good. And like, they did bring in really good players, right? Like Gimares is amazing in the midfield. Like Isak. Incredible. Incredible. Very good when he's been healthy, but he's been hurt a good chunk of the season. And they've been playing Callum Wilson up front, who's been sensational. And that's a guy that was there long really before good. the money was there. Really good. Right. And then uh, like guys like, I mean, they turned, like Joe Joe Willock's great when he's in there. They turned. Uh, oh my God! Why am I spacing on his name? The guy who was a striker who's Joe now Litton. like Joe Litton. Yeah, Joe Joe Litton's just you know an amazing midfielder now. Like this guy was a bust yeah. striker six months ago, but now he's just one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Um, like guys like Dan Byrne are getting into the team. Uh, like th- this team, yeah, it's they bought really in- good man. Right? They've they've built the like I've talked about it. I've said it all year. They're building the base of the team will only be this bad and be this foundationally sound and they're not giving up goals. And that's been their thing all year. And the second the offense runs well, it's like, oh, shit. What what do we do? Right? Like, and I think think the kind of thing that's easy to get lost is how good Howe has been as their manager, right? Like, talk about a guy that's flown under the radar with Pep putting on a masterclass running down, but Arteta got so much love earlier this year. And now Deserby's kind of the guy that people want to talk about as far as like, what a great manager up and coming. How just keep doing his thing. Just keep winning. Locked up UCL football has a huge bankroll behind him. Like what a fun season for Newcastle, man. It's, like, it's going to be so hard to pick our manager of the season when we do our awards here in a few weeks. Like there's literally – the 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 Bruno Salter manager of the season award. <laughs> you didn't point out to me. We like preliminarily were chatting about this the other day, and Andrew texted me. He's like, you know, Bruno didn't lose a single game while he was in charge of Chelsea. And I was like, that's an invention. And then left. And then saw and then saw the building was on fire. I was like, I should get out of here. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tie with uh Liverpool and, and get the hell out of here, man. That's <laughs> that's uh what an a season by Bruno bad choice. But like it's seriously, um, it's going to be yeah. so hard because like even going on to the next team we have to talk about is United and like Ten Hag, hell of a like they're winning at least one trophy. I know it's fourth in the pecking order of trophies you can win, but trophy in the first season, huge top four for where United was at. That's not nothing. That's a big deal for them, I think, at this point in their trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to navigate the Ronaldo thing, right? I yeah, think, like. That's this season. Uh, dude, I was thinking That's that same season, thing that Cristiano today. Ronaldo tried to put Manchester United in a pre- in a mental pretzel and tried to break them. And Ten 
and Hog just held the fucking line, man. Like I, I was, I was thinking that Sandra same Martin thing. Martinez is getting just... good. Casemiro was is Casemiro the signing of the season? He might be. He just might be. But like I was thinking the same thing of like, wow, this is that was the same season. Who would have thought? But yeah, it's it's been really impressive, man. I I got to give United their flowers there. So congrats on them hitting Europe and then um, Brighton. Amazing that. They're in Europe. That's awesome for them. First time in their history. Uh, Liverpool. Zerbi's been so good. Man. He has been so good since he took Liverpool over. Liverpool hanging on. Those classic uh, Anfield nights. Those classic European nights at Anfield on Thursday nights this year. I'm looking forward to see how those are. Oh yeah, those will be. Those will be really good. Um, so a little bit of a silver lining for me that Liverpool is not uh, killing it. Um, and if Tottenham can uh, can kind of not get into the Europa League, like one, I think Aston Villa would love to be there, right? As kind of like they ascend as well, and they can kind of like um, they can kind of glom onto that like new like not new money, but like the new kind of changing of the guard, right? With Newcastle and Brighton, if Villa can get on the end of that, man, they've been so good, right? Like, mm-hmm. is Jacob Ramsey gonna like? mess around and if Erling Holland wasn't here gonna be would he be in the conversation for like young player of the year except for this Nor- Norse god came through and was like I'll be having that like <laughs> no discussion like I, I I'd like to promote that right now across all podcasts as the least discussed award as who will win FIFA young player of the year um it's not a discussion I wouldn't even list other candidates I would save the ink um don't invite other people to go to that ceremony. Like it's just people clapping for Erling Holland. Just don't do it. <laughs> Save your time. Um, but no, we we brought up Deserbi a little bit there, talking about the uh, manager of the year award stuff, and they've been really, really good, man. Um, Levi Colwell's been really good. I don't mean to just bring up the Chelsea guy, but seriously, everything they've touched, McCat, and like that's one of those teams that you look at as kind of like the new Leicester to me when Leicester started to get really good because everyone's looking at that roster and licking their chops. They're like, Oh, is that, that McAllister is pretty nice. I bet he'd look good in our midfield. What about, what about Saicedo? Right? Like Trussard got pulled mid year and it didn't even change him. So it's just kind of like year one with the Zerbi can absolutely get it done with the full squad. I'm very interested to see how the constant reloading or are they going to fight to hold their guys? I mean, they could really fight to hold their guys. Brighton is not easy to uh, negotiate with. Ask me. We've tried to take – we've taken everything from them. Or we sure tried to, and it did not work. But, um, yeah, I think – should we go down, check out the uh, relegation battle? Or you got any other thoughts on uh, on top top six here? No, just uh, top four, top piggyback six. kind of on your point about um, Brighton there is – yeah, they're – They've got the draw, right? Of like they're gonna probably lose a few guys, but they have the draw now being like having European football. So it is Europa League, yeah. but that's and, and CISO keeps scoring bangers. He only scores if, bangers. He has, doesn't he have two I, goals this year and they're both bangers, bangers. <laughs> against both I, of our teams? Yeah, Did but he score he's a also, banger against Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> his other one. Well, anybody can do that. That's relatively low. it's not very easy to do. We'll give you the ball, we will set you up. Watch the highlights today if you want to see somebody get set up. Uh, Fofana had an incredible would-be assist and then just a phantom play. But, you know, he's been incredible. He looks like the next guy. 
if Chelsea doesn't try to throw $75 million at him for him, I'll be shocked. But um, let's let's cover the bottom because that's, I think, going into this final weekend, I think that is where, obviously, that is where, like, the big things are happening, right? Southampton is gone. We already have a funeral for them. But Leeds, Leicester, and Everton are all kind of within striking range there. I feel like Forrest is safe at 37 points. But well, they what are safe. a – well, they are safe. Now, look, math not my strong suit, man. That is um, if it wasn't if it if it wasn't adding by anything more than three, I'd have to get a calculator out. But what is your kind of prediction here? Who are the two joining Southampton when the dust settles here at noon on Sunday? Yeah, I think that Everton that point that they got at Wolves with that late like 99th minute header from three center backs off a corner kick i think <laughs> i think that point's yeah. probably going to be the difference here um just because now when you factor in goal difference like they're pri- lester's the one they they have to worry about lester does have a superior goal difference but like there's a very mm-hmm. very solid chance that if everton just can just go out and dice a nil nil that they're going to be fine um there's some jeopardy there right they do have to like that's that's kind of where I guess they could get into trouble. Like uh, I think that in general, Sean Dyche, if he needs to score a goal, his teams are kind of in trouble, right? He just wants to make the game ugly. But Bournemouth's on the beach, right? And you don't know what you're going to get from Bournemouth because they're already safe. They're they've already exceeded everybody's expectations. They don't have anything to play for in this game except to. Mm-hmm stick it to Everton if they have some sort of personal vendetta and you just don't know, right? Maybe they do have some type of play for pride last day of the season, right? right? Like it's not an impossible, you know, it's not, it's not like a Chelsea situation where I hope that the team shows up, right? Like they should show up and play. They've had a good season. Right. It's just that those are the type of things. It's really hard to forecast as a, Somebody that's not in a locker room with the team, right? I I don't know the guys. I don't know if they're going to be up for this game or they're going to be, planning wait hold on do you not know the guys i i i I must say i i will let everyone know right now spencer promised me he knew most of the teams well i've been trying um, to uh hit up Kiefer more but he has not gotten back to me yet so i'm i'm not sure that's because you send him obscene messages (laughs) because the things you send him are gross i guess i sent him the misprovision he had to take about two he had to take about two months off from professional soccer (laughs) here while he regrouped mentally you got really freaked out, I guess, when I said I was going to make that uh, uh, little, like, fan club for him, I guess. So, I don't know. But, yeah, we're – Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, no, I think maybe. that you it, it's going to be hard for Everton to mess this up, honestly, I think. Like, they just – if they go out and take care of business at home, all three of these teams I mean, are at home, which makes it interesting. But I, I yes, have to fancy Everton I love that. to figure this out. But like Bournemouth is not Bournemouth's been pretty good all year, right? They're definitely going to celebrate staying up, and I think it's is it is it possible? Like Bournemouth have had some wonder goals early, right? Is it is it possible? At like twenty minutes into this game, we're looking at like Bournemouth two Everton nil, and like all of a sudden we are locked into just a crazy time here. Because I think uh, Leeds has a tough draw here with Spurs. Um, Is it, though? But Leicester and West Ham. Yeah, well, Spurs are theoretically still trying to get into, 
I think they don't they still have an outside chance at Europe here? Conference league, my, but I don't think that does anything for them. Better like, than nothing. I mean, it's I mean, I will be giving them a bunch of shit because um it would make me feel better if they also couldn't do that or hire a coach. So um but like between West Ham and Bournemouth, those are two teams for Leicester and Everton respectively that you kind of gotta like your chances against, right? like okay west ham last game at home declan rice is sending or not at home for them but declan rice's last game but what else are they playing for right they're safe they already did their dance and the same for bournemouth like we could be looking at a crazy scenario where it's it's i i'm hoping for a lot of drama hope for a lot of drama here in the last game just to distract me from the horrible pit in my stomach of what newcastle is going to do to us yeah i'm with you andrew um just we we gotta hope for dramas. There's no drama at the top anymore. There's not really any drama for the Europe spots. So the bottom has to pull through. I guess to your point, where you could see Everton really bottle this right is if they do give up an early goal or something. And with them being at home, if that place turns toxic, or for any of these teams for that matter, right? If they're at home mm-hmm. and they go down early and it gets toxic in that stadium, because um, I'm sure at first, like when kickoff goes, these places are going to be cauldrons all these arenas because all of goodison um leeds and lester king power i mean all these stadiums are really tough places to play when the fans are behind the team but you could see it any of those it starts going downhill like they go down early like i said and it starts just getting like a cesspool in there more uh, more than like a cauldron then yeah we might have a problem and then you might see somebody really spiral and you might see some ugly scenes for any of these teams that go down because those are some passionate fan bases so it'll be interesting to see how yeah. it plays out like i'm gonna have all three tvs in the basement fired up to all three of those games um, <laughs> all the top teams be damned because none of them have anything interesting to play for so all the jeopardy at the bottom, my friend. Yeah, that's that's all I got on relegation. You got anything else you want to touch before we kind of move on to Europe here? No, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're just excited for it, man. There's always chaos on the last day. It's all the fun of trying to watch all the games and you can never pick. Yeah, I don't know. You never pick the right game, right? It's also like, okay, it's the last chance to watch Chelsea. They'll probably piss me off. So then I'll be looking for a new game. And then whatever game I pick to actually watch, will be the worst game. I am constantly chasing the game. I can never pick the right one where it's like, oh, thank goodness I was watching this game the whole time because this ended up being nuts. It's always, oh, I flipped on the Southampton game? Cool, Leeds just scored. All right, shit, well, I'll go watch that. It's it's just me It's just me getting owned by not knowing what game to pick for you know, an hour and a half. There's one more thing, sorry, that I actually just thought of. We should, we've mentioned it a little bit. We should give, yeah, no. I think... Um, Nottingham Forest, some major flowers here for standing up, like for staying up in this league this year. Yeah. They bought in. Yeah. That was a team that we talked, I mean, we didn't talk about on here, but everybody at the beginning of the season, before we were a actual entity, uh, the big talk was about how their whole team that kind of came up from the championship was lone players and stuff, and they had to totally rebuild a squad. And they bought in, I think they're the only team that might have bought more people than Chelsea did. They just spent less money doing it, but nonetheless, like we've well, seen... it's hard to spend more. Yeah, it's hard to spend more. <laughs> Got to get up pretty early in the morning to spend more money than Chelsea, my friend. Right. It's just you guys. 
over the last 10 years. So, right. And that's that gap is closing I, I, very quickly too, if this space, but I saw Todd Bowley stepping those add ons for Holland are not going to help whatever, whatever it is of those add ons to Dortmund's like, yeah, go ahead, win the league, go ahead, score 30 goals, go ahead, uh, you know, win the Champions League. I'm sure it's just 10 more, 10 more, 10 more, you know. Maybe, but but no, but like, you're you're right, 100. Steve Cooper's really taking kind of control of that team. They brought in a ton of dudes, especially in January, and Chelsea had relatively low stakes to figuring it out. Like, oh no, what are we gonna do? Get 12 and play horrible? Yeah, that's fine, right? You can just focus on next year. Nottingham Forest did not have next year, right? Yeah. Just because we're comparing the two, I don't mean to bring up Chelsea again, but as the team who panicked in January and couldn't figure it out, and the squad was too big. They made all the right moves, man. Big props to Steve Cooper. That's a that's a horrible thing to have to manage, and they are safe on final day. So just just a party for Nottingham Forest fans. Go off, have a time. Right, and I think the Chelsea comparisons like really fair, kind of because we've seen very much where bringing in all these like new players and bloating the squad like we we have a very prevalent example of how that can go wrong and i know like chelsea's obviously ahead of him the table but it's only by six points like nottingham forest is they might finish the season closer to chelsea yeah, if we, if we played another month if, if we if we played another month i would not like our chances let me yeah. put it that way right so i think it's a fantastic achievement by them bournemouth as well like fantastic achievement they did not spend nearly the money of like some of these teams in this league they've spent relative to like other teams and other leagues that finish 15th or like relegation fodder but well done to both those teams especially a team that like like bournemouth and fulham nine nothing this year at fulham what a season too yeah i mean fulham Fulham, i just want to make sure to include there too because right they were a huge thing again that people were talking about relegation and okay they stayed up last year but come on it's fulham and it's fulham they basically rolled the same team out there and like we got Jedi and Tim Raymond and Alexander Mitrovich who meet slab. Like, deal with it. We got really we got quality in this team. It's it's been a really nice year for change. Right. Right. To see kind of teams grow and then teams slip. And uh, you know, it's it, it this is talk about anything you want about how the top of the table looks with City winning again. This was not a standard run of the mill uh Premier League season. Right. right. There has been a ton of fun stuff. Yeah, it, it really is not fair that there's so little jeopardy on the like last match day because this was shaping up to be so, so fun at the top and at the bottom and for Europe. And it just kind this of is all... just you shitting on Arsenal, but go ahead. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, really. Like, <laughs> so many teams were in the relegation race and Europe was all really tight. And just over like the last two weeks, it feels like just everything got settled. Like, oh, we know the Europe spots besides that conference league spot, which for Aston Villa, like, the conference league would be a really big deal. I think for Tottenham, I think it's kind oh, of, oh, like, absolutely. It's a, it's a bad season if they finish in a <laughs> conference league spot compared to a, at least Europa league spot, but nonetheless, Listen, we had all the cool London, all the cool London-based teams are not playing in Europe next year. It'd be really embarrassing if if Tottenham were to go and do that. I mean, who would you point. rather be like, like Chelsea with all these Champions League titles, or would they be like Arsenal? Which great job having the events twenty years ago. You fucking did it. <laughs> you know, rest on our laurels. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's um, it's kind no, of a it's, shame. It's, it's, we been, had, we were, it's been a we fantastic were, season, right? We were set up for so much in the last day. Just sometimes it's the way the cookie crumbles. We can't get uh we can't get like last season, like every single season where there's so 
like big things on the last day, I guess. The last day might fall a little short, mm-hmm. but at the bottom, we still got some jeopardy. And like you said, it's been a good year for change. Like all three teams that came up stayed up this year, first time since 2018 that's happened. Yep. So getting, when you look at a championship, like Burnley coming, but like that's that's somebody we're familiar with, but it's a totally new team that's coming up next yeah. year. Uh, Sheffield United if, coming back if up. There's it's been a, a few years. If, if there's a like one final chaos thing is a Leeds win. Like if Leeds are up like four nothing and Everton and Leicester are still like tied in their games, I that that makes it the most that makes it one of the more exciting ones, right? If Leeds at 31 points and getting the absolute shit kicked out of them for the last month can go up like two nil, like let's just do an Aaron Aronson wonder strike and McCann in the box, right? Let's let's be hopeful here. And now you have to watch Leicester and Everton slide into 17th and 18th place respectively with everything in the world, like could potentially financially ruin both clubs. That is, you're talking about stakes. That is your stakes right back, man. It's just an Aaron. You're just an Aronson wonder strike away from absolute chaos, absolute chaos on the final day. Yeah. It's there's definitely potential for it to get really wacky this weekend, but most of the job I, I see it as pretty straightforward, but you never know with this league, man. It could be chaos on the last day, but the chaos is at the bottom. It's not at the top, and that's some that's a little less alluring. But at the same time, if you want chaos at the top, boy, do I have a final day for you. We go to the Bundesliga, where Borussia Dortmund, in the Jude Bellingham Memorial Swan Song, is sitting at seventy points, two ahead of perennial discount coupon users, Bayern Munich, at 68 points. Spencer, is Bayern going to bottle this league? Are Bayern the new Arsenal? What are we doing here? Andrew, Dortmund, <laughs> they can't mess this up. They they have to. No, like, it, it, Dort- no like, team in the Bundesliga would lay down so Bayern could be supreme. That would never seems crazy but yeah like they can't mess this up andrew they they can't they've got um byron they're they're laying down they just knocked him down they're like referees at like an eight count like just finish him off they can't mess this up but yeah like i texted you the other day like i don't cool. trust the bundesliga right i don't trust them to like <laughs> minds to have like four penalties to, this to just fix Dortmund. it Right, and I just uh, that could happen. I I see this scenario Cole, where that Colin sends us. Colin does an entire team of uh, Make a Wish kids. Just it's always <laughs> been their dream to play. And Bayern win. Play for Colin. It is every, it is every good German boy's dream to get absolutely railed by Bayern. I think they grow up like that. That's actually why they don't like uh, um, Marcus Royce over there because he doesn't he doesn't like losing to. Byron and it's clearly not what they're supposed to do but like even just how we got here we have not done a great job of keeping people updated with the Bundesliga race and I think actually you're the better one for this but last week RB Leipzig come to life play absolute spoiler put Byron on their ass 3-1 while Dortmund just takes care of business and that's kind of how we got where we are now and Leipzig's locked up third it's it's incredible man what a fun end of the year season. I think I think I'll start their games all start at 8:30 and that kind of that's like perfect time. 
Yeah. If you want to, if you want to just be locked into soccer all day, seven thirty wake up time. If you're in Central Time, or maybe it's eight thirty. I can't tell from this ESPN thing that I'm looking at what time it's actually going to be on. But you can go eight thirty is going to go right into the ten o'clock start time. It's going to be perfect. You can just just start your day a little earlier. Yeah. It see if Dortmund be. can get it done, but. Well, it's actually works out perfect to where like the whole week because the Premier League's last day is on the Sunday. So like we just have Saturday, all the Bundesliga action, like they're all jeopardy. We get that out of the way. And then Sunday just go into the oh, it is Saturday. goes down. Right. So it actually sets up perfect. It gives me something to do Saturday morning, an excuse to wake up and just, you know, watch soccer hungover. I, it's it's the, uh, two days in a row of waking up on Memorial Day weekend and being hungover and watching soccer sounds perfect to me. But I think we had to go a little deeper on Bayern here and we don't have to go too deep we can always do a little post-mortem but how say they do not get a miracle on Saturday and they don't win this league right and they get knocked out in the Champions League at the juncture they were at when they fired Nagelsmann and they didn't win the uh, DFB pull cow this year either like I think they are there I think they might have won a trophy this is an empty trophy cap it's it's at the very least a very I mean, barren of the big one. of the big three it's a barren i mean barren Bayern season that's tough to say say that five times fast a very a barren, barren season a, it's a for Bayern. <laughs> it's a it's a barren season for Bayern. uh it's a barren. i can't i'm not gonna stop doing isn't that it? that's bad radio i'm saying um <laughs> Well, no, I was going to think of more B words to one up you. And I'm like, that's bad. That's a bad use of everyone's time. Um, but I, so I think, and I, I'm, I don't know if we recorded this or just us talking about it. Right. But if Real Madrid lost to city, I had kind of talked to you about like, does this trigger the alarm bells of, Oh, we need to kind of wake up and get this back together here. I don't think it does because one Real Madrid have already signed or kind of seems like they got Bellingham locked up, which is as big a move as you can make this summer. But if you're Bayern, you let Lewandowski walk, right? You let him go to Barcelona. He wins the league there. You get nothing. Sadio Mane has been fighting with the whole attacking line, right? That's not working out. I'd be shocked if he was still on the team next year. You fire Nagelsmann, who was having a good season. You were still in line for three trophies. Not that you would have won them all necessarily, but you were winning. You were you were winning the league when he was fired, I believe, right, or close to it. Absolutely, winning the league, right? You hire Tuchel, you immediately get tossed out of the Champions League. You immediately get tossed out of the boat. I think it's Pokal then Champions League, right? I think it's kind of the order that went, and then you bottle the league. This is the worst Bayern season I can remember, as far as just like how are you going? There's like. You know, there's you've got Jan Summer on a discount. He's talking about leaving now because um, Neuer is supposed to be coming back. Like, are Bayern? Does this? Do you think this sets up Bayern to play the uh, summer season spoiler because they're just going to buy everyone? Like, is this the time you look up and you go, "Oh, I guess Bayern all the money they've been saving on getting these little cheap little moves from, uh, you know, everyone in the German league now they're going to splash the cash and go get." Awesome. And go get rice. Like there's a chance they just go, actually, we're going to flex. We're going to be right back at the top next year. Yeah. I think there's definitely a chance they go full nuclear here. Cause I mean, look, last, yeah. last time they didn't win the league, whatever it was, 10, 11 years ago, they, they promptly <laughs> responded by winning the league 10 straight years. Right. So it's literally for almost our, 
virtually all mine and yours entire soccer fandom of like European right, soccer. Yeah. yeah. This team has just dominated the Bundesliga. So they could absolutely go on another run like that. That wouldn't surprise me at all that they just really go out and flex a little bit this summer and don't just buy seven German teenagers from their arch rivals and they actually look outside of Germany and grab a couple people. But yeah, I think just yeah. work. It's, I, it's... I've heard them link to Ashman. I've heard them link to Rice, right? And those would be the top striker and the top center mid off the board. Mm-hmm. They don't usually have to do things like that. Yeah, right? they get them early from an. Inter- they don't have to pay the high price because they get them early from Wolfsburg or whatever. Right, and the one reservation I would have about that, I guess, is they don't feel very. They just don't feel Bayerny right now, right? Like that since they no, sacked, they don't sacking Tuchel. I mean, sacking um, Nagelsmann for Tuchel. I get it. Tuchel's a great manager, and he was a guy you identified, and that's awesome. But Look, you were doing really good under Nagelsmann, right? Like you just you just convincingly eliminated PSG, who like we can laugh at PSG and Europe and how they always seem to flame out in the Champions League, but it's a tough fixture, right? Like you don't want to go head to head with PSG regardless of their no. fails. Like and they convincingly No, beat them. they got they, firepower. They're a really good team. Yeah. Right. Didn't we like to goal. poke fun at them, but they're scary as hell on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't give up a goal over two legs. Them off the pitch. Yeah. Dominate them. You, so, were, you were not excited to play those dudes No, in the next round when the draw came out. We have it on record here. It was like, that so, doesn't look like fun. Right. Like, Yeah. So so I, I don't know, man. Um, they were quite good under Nagelsmann. And it's just, it's felt panicky since that firing. Like, what, the league was just close-ish and you were scared of Man City? Like, I, I don't want to say that as a City fan, maybe that sounds like pompous, but it's like, it there's maybe. Everyone should be scared of them. But, like, maybe there was more there. We've talked about some of the conspiracy theories about, like, his girlfriend. I don't know. I'm not going to get into all that shit. But just it doesn't feel Bayern-y right now, right? Like, despite them not – like, they could have lost the league fine. That I mean, that would not be fine by their standards, sure. But, like, they could have lost the right. league and felt If you like wanted Bayern. 10 years in a row, 11 is unlikely. Right. Just, just by the math of can you win something 11 times, right? Right. No, it's difficult. But you're right. It doesn't feel Bayern-y, man. But, you know, like if they lost the league and by one point or whatever and didn't have all this hoobla panicky stuff, I think we could have looked at it and been like, that's crazy they lost, but they also lost a guy that scores fucking 35 goals for them every single season. It makes sense a little bit. Right, right. now, now there's right. more Mane narrative. Hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like. Bayern, and yeah, that's the thing. Byron never gives you narratives. Mm-hmm. Right. They And they always get their work done early, right, in the transfer window. You don't even get chances to do that. They just have Matei. He just plays there now. It's like, wait, we're not even going to talk about this. Other teams aren't going to bid. No, he's already holding up a Byron shirt at a press conference. Like, there are rumors about Kimmich wanting to leave. Yeah. That's crazy. Dudes don't leave Byron. Like, if you're if you're not as familiar, right, with the Bundesliga, Byron basically are just dependable substance, right? Whereas, like, we talk about they always win the German League and we talk about PSG always winning the French League, right? PSG is all flash and big spendy moves. They're, like, the kind of the epitome of German efficiency, right? They buy guys young, they work in their team for a couple years, and then all of a sudden they're stars, right? They basically buy from German teams. They'll occasionally go outside of that, but, like, 
it is a machine. There is a clear plan, right? And basically they call up guys to the big leagues and then they get it done at Byron. They win another Bundesliga. To have that not happen and have panic going on and players wanting to leave, that's crazy. That's like other team stuff. That doesn't happen in Bayern. Yeah. And I don't know, it's wacky. We probably should move on because, like I said, <laughs> they're for like rigging a match and having some crazy shit happening away from winning the league. And none of this really matters. And it's just like, oh, they didn't get as far in the Champions League as we thought they would, but they did their Germany thing again. So this do all may do, be a do to do to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this all may be a moot point in like 72 yeah. hours. So. Let's see. It'll be fascinating. I'll definitely Keep it together, be Dortmund. Gio Reyna, baby. God, please. Just I, Come I on, can't. Gio. I can't deal with them. Bring it home up at this point, man. So please, for God's sakes, bring it home, Gio. But um, let's round things off. One more European story we have to get to. That's kind of a shitty one, man. Um, yeah. And then, Real Madrid. And a bad note here, but yeah, worth bringing up for sure. Um, Real Madrid were away at Valencia over the weekend and. Just terrible scenes of what the Valencia supporters were chanting and alluding to at uh, Vinicius Jr. Racism, just it's a story we've heard before, Andrew, right? In Spain, um, Spain, Italy, Mm -hmm. for that matter, too. And some of these countries just uh, it's it's been a story several times over the last couple of years Uh, with Vinny in particular. It's been a story multiple times just this year, and um, they were terrible scenes, man. And I don't know. This is something that's tough to speak on. Like, we're two white guys that live 5,000 yeah. miles away, and it's, you know, I don't know why right. this is a cultural thing that keeps happening in some of these countries. Um, but look, you just it's it's got to stop because – Vinny's one of the best players in the world, right? And when they yeah. when, when it's getting to the point of there's rumors of like maybe he would want to leave La Liga because the people can't the people of right. Spain can't get their shit together. Like this is it's come on, guys. Like it's what are horrible, we doing here? Man. It's it's a it's another kind of crazy example of the way um of how much more personal everything like in America sports are pretty impersonal right if vikings lose to the bears right i'm pissed at you guys and you guys will give me shit about it right just but like i'm never like screaming horrible things at like justin fields Mm -hmm. right and i know there are people that do that and i know there are people that say horrible things about Kirk cousins but i i always think like the discussion of it kind of always finds falls under like it's kind of all in good fun it's kind of part of the territory right it never gets personal and it should, right? Sometimes it does. We're not, we're not perfect. Um, but it doesn't usually come to that kind of stuff, right? Where it's a, like Eunice Musa, who plays for Valencia, right? Has to go online and post a big thing about standing with Venetius, mm-hmm. right? As a, as another black player. And it's just, it's just gross, man. Um, and like there's a lot of political stuff too that we don't really get into with other countries and soccer and how that works right like all the stuff with the basque region and athletic bill athletic bilbao versus or athletic uh i'm getting it wrong here um athletic club versus like barcelona and all those other teams right are like very real like points of contention Mm -hmm. right whereas if i root for a different team than you root for 
I'm excited because we'll be able to give each other shit. Right. It's, it's, it's never anything more than that. And it's got to stop. It's horrible. Like the fact that you wouldn't feel safe or welcome playing and, you know, it doesn't make it any better or worse that he's one of the best players. Cause it's horrible regardless. But if that, like, you know, it, it's, if you're going to be worried about that kind of stuff, like I wouldn't blame him if he left, right. If he just was like, give me out of this contract, I'm done here. Right. Crazy bidding war in the summer. I mean, any, any team would want that guy. Um, it, it's, it's insane. It's insane to me. I, I can't believe it still happens at, at this level. Yeah. At any level. Sure. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of these tough things where I can't say that I is, I try to keep myself somewhat educated about cultures of other countries and stuff. This is something I'm curious about. Um, I, I don't, no, uh, this this seems to be more of a cultural thing, just in some nations, right? Like, where I I don't know, like, there's no easy answers for this, right? We we fight these same battles in America at times, and there's not these are very complex issues, complex cultural issues, and I'm not denying that that there's no like easy fix for this, but something's got to be better right because the way the game was handled wasn't very good by like the referee and stuff there there is things that like i don't think that la liga right can solve racism by themselves i think that's a racism in spain by themselves that's very pie in the sky to act like that's a possibility but they can certainly help right they can like if they call that match off when racism starts or whatever or if there's racist chance that a player on another team by the home fans and you say you know what automatic forfeit of the game you guys lose three points and that's three points that send a team down or something like that's going to change behavior of some people i imagine right to at least kind of start to get this and like i said i these are just weird ideas i'm throwing out but there's things that can be done to not have that environment be a thing i think by la liga because Vinicius was he was inconsolable over it like and he's gone through it a couple of times right and he's normally handled it relatively well I think he's like in the past I I know that there was the big thing about him dancing earlier in the season and how he was just kind of happy-go-lucky about it and was like okay like that's fine I'll just I'm going to score against you I'm gonna dance and you guys are just gonna I'm gonna shove it up your ass basically but it obviously bubbled Ad, over Ad, this week. Which is like a- admirable. Right. Right. Like as a competitor, as a as someone who like just watches the game, admirable. For no, sure. I'm not gonna stop. Right. Just because something you guys do, right? I'm gonna push through, but there's only so much you can do with some of that stuff, man. I, I our heart goes to the guy, we feel for him. It's it's a horrible situation. Yeah. The whole um, thing. Like I said, we don't we don't have, I, I'm not going to sit here and I don't think either of us can, will profess that we have answers for this. These are very complicated things. No. Right. And I, right. We and we, no and idea. we know we don't fully understand the history of Spain and all this stuff. Right. Like right. we truly don't, we watch soccer. We try to do our best to understand how the different cultures work within soccer, because I think it's fascinating, right? 90% of the time it's fascinating in a great way. And 10% of the time it's fascinating in a horrible way. And we do our best with that. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, like it's something we 
laud about this sport is like the passion of the fans and how live or die by their clubs they are and that's a great thing most of the time but like it bubbles over sometimes i guess and this is one of those instances where like when, even when it's bubbling over right we've seen some terrible things in the past but like just i like the racism things just it's it's got to go because it's a whole narrative now is my understanding from what i'm following of black brazilian players like it's a narrative amongst them of yeah, like we've looked up to because in South American countries, you know, the league has been bigger than Premier League for most of their life. Most of them fantasize about playing at a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. At Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah. Right. And now there's a narrative. Uh, I believe Vinicius Asian or something put out about this is a discussion now that he's having with his clients of like, hey, the culture over there maybe isn't the most conducive to young african brazilians so i don't know man it's uh it's a shitty issue i hope they figure it out like i said i think the league can do more but i it just sucks man i, I don't know I, I don't know what else to say i wish i had yeah uh, it's, answer here it's just it sucks well and like the answer is stop doing those things and stop thinking that way right that doesn't solve the problem for anybody but that is what needs to happen and that will you know eventually I think come to pass, right? Eventually, I think we will have less and less of these problems. And God, I hope we do, right? I think mm-hmm. I think that's what anybody would want. So, um, hate to kind of kind of bring the podcast down. I think we've had such a fun time in talking about soccer here today, and there's a bunch of fun stuff happening all over the world with it. But it would be wrong to not bring this up as something important and something that's happening at the highest level of the game, which is, you know, kind of what we we say we're going to do every week. So we want to make sure we're bringing that to you. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, definitely something I think we need to speak on. It's important to the health of the global game, and it is a shitty note to end the podcast on. So, oh, what you got? Something more positive? Let's just let's end it off on something a little more fun. Just where we got a couple minutes here. Um, what's a fun story in soccer these days? You got something off the top of your head? All right, nothing. Nothing about uh, no Chelsea. Oh, that's all really, really bad. Um, we've done three coronations of city already. Um, the MLS is still basically only on paper subscription, Apple TV. Uh, go ahead, bud. Do you want to say something about St. Louis city? Yeah. St. Louis city (laughs) beat the living shit out of, uh, sporting KC in their first matchup. Take that Kansas city. Fuck you. Western Suck it, Mahomes. Suck my balls. St. Louis. Yeah, Western Missouri. You know how everyone hates Western Missouri. Or those jerks. Fucking ass. We all we all hate them. Yeah, they're the worst. East side. Some of us, some of us have a little some of us have a little more contempt for it, and some of us have a little less contempt for fucking East Side Missouri, baby. Gross. Gross. Those West Siders um, can fuck off. They had a like 25-year head start and they still got shit pumped. So I don't know what to tell you. And oh, I, there was, I think it was like an executive of Sporting KC when they lost. He he went to the well of St. Louis losing their NFL team right away. He had to, his team got killed so bad that he had to just right away be like, well, you guys lost an NFL team to which, you know, it was just sad, you know, like you're already going for the low hanging fruit. I get it. It, it's, well, it's like that's like okay and you guys and you guys lost a hockey team 30 years ago like yeah what are we talking about right like 
no one should pick on Seattle for losing their NBA team. No one should pick, like when it a bigger issue here. When a place loses a team, it's a horrible thing, right? There's always a whole fan base ready to adopt them, right? Shout out to Oakland A's, right? A team we all grew up admire, like not admiring, but they've had great players over the years, right? They're part of baseball history, mm-hmm. right? Dennis Eckersley gives up the Kirk Gibson home run. There's, is there a more famous play in the history of the World Series? I mean, there are, but like that's one of the most famous ones, right? The earthquake, the A's are playing in that game. Ricky Henderson. Reggie Jackson, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, the Bash Brothers. They're just going to go to Vegas because their owner's a shithead. Yeah. Like, it's the same type of thing you guys were dealing with, like with Cronky with the shitty odor. That guy can't even win the Premier League. Even the team he still owns is a failure. It's horrible. Just to bring it back around. Just that to ass- bring it back around a little bit for our soccer fans. That here. asshole might win an NBA title, unfortunately, though, uh, since Denver's balling it up. But no, that's that's Jokic putting everybody on his back. That's Jokic doing it in spite of him. I heard it. But, you know, if, Jimmy Butler, baby. I heard if uh, Denver wins, Jokic actually like owns the team after that, so that'd be good. Just kick Kroenke out. But um, the whole relocation. You get run thing. over by a stampede of Jokic's horses. Yeah, I, I would love that. I would. I, I pray. Yo, for Jokic has now. a bunch of horses. It'd be you, you're you're just wanting to see like the Lion King part. It's basically just you and cr- holding on to Kronky. You just let him go. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I I would let that asshole go. But like actually, <laughs> the relocation thing is funny, right? Because it's something I never really so predating. St. Louis losing the Rams just on a quick tangent here while we got a couple minutes to round up. I, I like, hold on, before you start, this is our positive note is the Rams horrifying you. Well, no, this is just... our more positive notes. Like Spencer's <laughs> traumatic childhood. Next up. <laughs> but um, like, actually, though, yeah, um, it is interesting because like predating that. Atlanta lost the Thrashers and I'm like a big NHL guy and they moved to Winnipeg. I was just like, whatever, like nobody in Atlanta cared about the team, like whatever. And like Arizona Phoenix is going through it right now with the Coyotes potentially moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oakland A's, as you'd kind of just reference, also going through it. That one even a bit more concrete, but it's like a weird club almost i feel like of like when you lose a team that relocates it's like when i see any of that news now it's it hits me way way different of knowing how those people feel because when the rams left it sucked man especially the circumstances under which they left which that's a whole can of worms we don't have to get into but it was illegal but (laughs) like it sucks like you can't believe well as a side note i can't believe the guy with all the money got away with something illegal who would have thought telling me it goes on in this country, that's disgusting. We must have done something about it. Build them a new stadium. No way. Can't believe it. But yeah, can't it's, it's, believe it. It just tickles you a different way, right? I see it through a totally different lens now. Of like when I see a team rumored to leave, um, I don't think of it like you look at the market and you're like, well, like look at Oakland. I think that's a perfect example now of their their attendance has been fucking horrific over the last few years. But I more will dig into the factors of like there's literal fucking possums that live in the stadium and like the team has been dog shit for the last five years like that. Those things add up, right? Because people said the same thing about St. Louis. I personally watched the Texas Rangers dick them down, which is not a phrase I thought I'd be saying on this podcast, but just absolutely demolish them. I watched Ardolis Garcia have three home runs, went five for five and got hit by a pitch. 
that's one of the worst teams I've ever seen play. Oakland shouldn't be punished for that. Yeah. Right. Like it's not their fault. Their owner is one of the worst people. Mm-hmm. He's just a quiet, not spending any money on the team. Like they glorified it with the Billy Bean Moneyball thing. Like the Moneyball won't exist anymore. The Oakland days will be no more. Right. Academy Award winning movie, Brad Pitt, all his hard work for nothing. Just, just disgusting, man. Just, just horrible. That's really weird to think that people oh. in like 20 years are going to watch that movie and be like, Oakland had a baseball team. No, they're going to think like, oh, they couldn't get the rights. So they made up a team. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, it's a fictional, it's not a real thing. You know, it's like when, you know, it's like, and the Chicago Stallions play the Miami Sharks. It's like, <laughs> oh, you couldn't get the rights. Cool. Yeah, I got you. Well, like, I wonder. Sounds tough. Now I'm thinking of it in that light of like when that American Underdog movie about Kurt Warner came out, people were probably like St. Louis. Like, there's people that are gonna watch that and be like, St. Louis had a football team. Which, oh, holy shit! Based on a true story, they don't even have a team. The Rams have also <laughs> been gone, dude. I just I'm getting so fucking old, and we have to wrap up. I know, but just uh, I'm turning 30 this year. The Rams have been gone for eight years. It feels like it happened like two years ago. Still, I don't know. I just getting old sucks, man. That's how I'm ending the podcast. I'm, getting I'm turning old sucks. 30 unless I'm turning 30 unless. I'm doing 30 in less than a month, and now we're hit the ultimate sad time. So <laughs> I, I think t- it's time to wrap it up, buddy. I love how we ended up on a tangent of that. That started off so nice and pure. Let's end the podcast on a good note. And we went into relocation and uh, our depression. We're spiraling. We're literally now. spiraling. <laughs> Next week, we we tackle American economics, inflation <laughs> on fish and fries. Will you be able to afford a home in 2024? Probably not. Listen next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll be drinking heavily, uh, apparently. Um, yeah, man, unless unless you got anything else to really continue this bright, cheery mood we've got going, I uh, I think we're ready to get out of here, man. No, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. I'm going to go do some type of drug to make me feel good, I guess, and just get out of here, man. Yeah. So let's wrap it up before. Uh, I'm going to hold my, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold my head underwater until the pain feels, <laughs> goes away. So let's go, uh, Let's go do that. And everybody have a fun uh, final uh, Premier League Sunday, Bundesliga Saturday, and a happy Memorial Day to everybody on Monday. So I'll see you next time, buddy. Until then, pal, take care. See you guys next week.